0: To the barbarian yak fest, little raven is here, and we got in the house back in the building. Fan favorite, the inimitable master researcher, she's Sylvie. She's Sylvie Soldier. Mm-hmm. What's cracking Sylvie? <sighs> so many things. So many things. The people need their Sylvie. So I'm yes. glad you're glad you're back on the yak fest, and mm-hmm. uh, wow. just- baby. To start things off, we're under a little bit of a time crunch. We got a lot to discuss today, but we wanted to start things off with our mental health check-in. Couple business uh, housekeeping things, real quick. I am house sitting for this week, so that's why my situation is so different. I tried to set up, you know, something a little bit aesthetically pleasing for my beloved, uh, our beloved listeners. I got my steak candles in the background, but the echo is unavoidable. So we'll see how well Zoom cancels the echo. Um, but yeah, let's do a mental health check-in today, Dr. Sylvie. So. Why don't you go ahead and start off? Your your life has been really hectic, and uh, we haven't been able to do a yak fest in I don't know maybe two or three weeks. Um, yeah. What have you been doing to take care of yourself amongst the chaos and tumult of everyday life?
1: <laughs> well, it's like looking. It's like it's like every crisis. In the middle of it, it feels insurmountable and it feels overwhelming, and it's hard to deal with, difficult to deal with, and then when it's over you can kind of look back and laugh. So that's our situation had to deal with a skunk invading our front stoop and then (laughs) spraying our house, but not really just spraying under the stoop, but it went into the crawl space and the crawl space is like hot boxed it in. And then somehow got into our HVAC and it literally woke us up the pungency of it in the middle of the night, like in our master bedroom on our second floor so that's how much it permeated everything um but then yeah so that happened like five times and then we had to go stay at my parents house for a bit um for like five days and um that was interesting because it was just like staying there instead of staying at your own place and then yeah um like we came back and it still smelled like skunk. So, and then the skunk smell is the mating smell, which smells like a combination of fermented garlic and burned popcorn. It's not like the good skunky weed smell. That's a. <laughs> there's like three different type odors. There's three different. Skunks. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, you've become <laughs> skunk
2: experts.
1: There's three different skunk smell. This does not smell like like <laughs> good
2: like, or like.
1: Oh my like, god! Or like this does not smell like pot like this is not what people think of when they think of a skunk like when you're driving and you and you smell a skunk it's not like that it smells like something wrong like terribly wrong <laughs> yeah, it's the mating fuck. smell or the breeding smell or whatever but um Yikes.
2: What yeah what
1: we did is blockaded it off well we hired some a humane company to blockade it off with a just a like with a rock to keep this like little contraption in there to keep the trap in there but the trap never worked the the skunk never went in the trap and then we replaced it with our own trap but we're gonna have to figure out a blockade situation so this doesn't happen again but the skunk was definitely under there because because my partner could like feel it down there like when he put his hand up against the crawl space right next to the front stoop anyway good guy short that smell permeates all everything. So your work bags, your regular bags, your clothes, your pillows, like my pillow smelled for like three weeks. So oh. someone that you and I both know recommended that I purchase a single room ozone machine. So anyone listening, here's a practical tip. If you have like smoke that's hanging around in your house and you need to like sell a house or you need to get the smoke out because you're renting and you're off, you're, uh, your rental contract's over, or if you have this weird, like this skunk smell, or any other wild animal smell, or you know, I don't, any other type of smell that you think is horrible. Uh, It's not great to run this ozone machine all the time, but all you do is you seal off a room completely, no plants, no animals, no humans. You run it for several hours, and you may have to do it a couple times or a couple days in a row, and it works. It worked, and I'm so thankful for that person who told me about it. And then I also had another friend who told me to get one, too, because she's from Montana and she has grown up with a ton of wild animals. So um, it works. It works. But then there's an ozone smell. So this is interesting. The ozone smell smells very chemically and strange, Mm. even though I don't think it's a chemical. It's just pumping out ozone, but it just smells weird. But then that dissipates. And then when that dissipates, you've got the skunk smell gone for the most part and then you got the ozone smell gone. And so that honestly is the best thing. That thing, that's what worked. That's what worked for the smell. So you don't have to hire a company or just like wait. You can do that yourself. So if you ever have an issue with smells permeating stuff or you in a house or whatever, or a rental property or what have, what have you, and you need to get those smells out ASAP, either rent or purchase an ozone machine.
0: See, other Rockfin shows are going to tell you about current events. They're going to tell you about Joe Biden sniffing kids. I mean, we talk about that shit, too, but we hit the real stuff, which includes how to get rid of skunk smells. Uh, so thank you, Dr. Sylvie. That is really useful. I um I got these little I don't think they're quite as effective, but I got these gel osium things that you can. Oh, get
2: yeah.
0: And um, that has helped me as well in my situation, because um, I, you mentioned how well the ozone worked, and I can't quite afford like an official ozone room cleaner, but I could officially uh, afford these little gel things. And um, my neighbor, my crazy neighbors, they, their apartment smells like fear and terror. Like it's so fucked up that like I, I don't are, like. Are the
1: dog? Are those the dog neighbors with the dogs that like tried to attack the postal workers or something?
0: that is no actually ironically enough those are other neighbors that have the dog that runs free this is my demonic neighbor uh he he does have like several dogs and it's been like a long going ongoing kind of drama with me just trying to negotiate because i like assert my space like i need my space this is my my home and stuff and so i've had to confront them about their yelling and screaming and banging a bunch of times and um But yeah, their apartment has like this really noxious smell, which I can only describe it kind of smells like stress and trauma. And it comes in through the underneath the sink. And it's really like it. When I stand by the sink, I can I can smell it. And I've tried all these things. I've tried blowing a fan against the other direction, all this kind of stuff. But this ozone gel works brilliantly and now my apartment just smells like incense and beauty and light so that's nice
1: (laughs) that's awesome yay yeah Yeah. some of these gel things like i don't i don't believe in smelling spraying like chemicals everywhere just like random like i don't use febreze or any of those gross things so like they have a lot of like non-toxic gel things that soak up the stuff or even like essential oil sprays, like lemon essential oil, is so concentrated and strong that is really good.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I'm a huge essential I'm oil. That,
1: I'm really glad that
0: helps. Um, before I get into my my mental health check-in, have you been like doing any practices to help you manage like the stress of life? Have you been doing like any um, yoga, hiking, meditation, anything like that?
1: Um, I've tried to get outside a lot doing like walks, exploring new places because you get in that habit of walking, you know, like there's only so many hours in the day so you go walk to the same places every day, right? Or like the same parks. So we tried out a different park a couple days ago. So that was awesome. I like and we saw, oh my gosh, so many different birds, so many cardinals, um, so many deer, a cool stag where half of the antlers were gone but half were up so it hadn't lost its antlers for the season holy yet so that was really neat um i don't know i mean it was just like for a bit i was just kind of like in that fight or flight thing which i hate being in and it's like a very visceral thing that i used to just like you know try to like use substances to make go away or something like that but like I have to deal with it more head on now. And so it's just like, I had to get out of that fight or flight. I also had to fly and I hate flying. And like, yeah, I got a very fight or flight for some weird reason on both of these flights. They weren't even that there's just been so much stuff in the news about like planes and stuff. And there's been legitimate things. Like, it's not just like, it's like safety things that are not just like hyperbolic, but like real real safety issues with planes and stuff, even though flying is probably the safest safest it's ever been in human history right now. And like, especially for crash history, it's actually the safest it's ever been. Still, I just don't. Yeah, I'm just, (laughs) I just don't. For me, it's just like, my body is very, I like grounding a lot. I like walking barefoot. That's a very grounding. This is still like going in the mental health thing. So I think I like walking barefoot or, or just straight on the ground. I don't like. I've always felt better living in a in a place that's close to the ground. So like, whenever I ha- like, whenever I was in college or something, I had to live on the eighth floor of something. I hated that because I felt so high up and I felt ungrounded, unmoored. So like, when people talk about like how it's like you know how like living in a high-rise is like super expensive in the city to me i'm like why would you pay for that you know mm. what i'm saying Just to me that's like it, it causes me anxiety but it also makes me feel like unmoored like not grounded and i don't like that feeling i'm very about like you know very much about like the root chakra and grounding so that like grounding i think is the an- the antidote to um like anxiety a lot of times right
0: yeah absolutely like grounding
1: pole. so <clears throat> for me anyway so i don't know what i was saying about that but basically um flying flying is the antithesis of that too because you're literally in a metal tube going through the air and like my body my body's just like this is wrong this is wrong this is wrong and it just says that the whole flight to me <laughs> and like 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 the like a average person the average person can relax on a flight or fall asleep or like but for me, my heart's kind of like doom doom, 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 the whole flight. I mean, it, it kind of waxes and wanes a little bit, but like it's very hard for me to to relax on a plane. So
0: I wish that I'm have still you, working. Have you ever fucked with uh, valerian root or kava kava, Dr. Sylvie?
1: Um, I think I've taken valerian root before. Like some of that will help a little bit, but like even like when I've taken like, you know, prescription medication for it, it's still, the fear of it still like, pushes through that like it can help my like make mitigate it a little bit help like alleviate it a little bit but usually I just have to stay up all night on a flight and then like I'll be too tired to it's basically I have to tire myself out basically like Mm. one time we flew to Europe and our connecting flight was London and I'd stayed up it was an overnight flight so I'd stayed up all day long and then the entire night that we flew across the ocean to London and then in London, in the airport, we had a long layover and I was falling asleep, sitting up like this, which I never yeah. do that my entire life. That's very rare. And so then the next flight, which was apparently the most turbulent flight of my partner's life and mine then too, I was so tired. I was like asleep like this the whole time. Damn. And he said he couldn't believe it. He was like laughing basically because he was scared <laughs> shitless basically. And, he, and I yeah. <laughs> it. anyway, um, yeah. Grounding is important, but yeah, for this past couple of weeks, I just had to like, do a lot of like CBT restructuring thoughts, meaning like, this is temporary. The skunk thing wasn't the only thing going on. There's a lot of stuff. And now we have a lot of um, inner interpersonal issues going on. And a lot of it is just, um, you know, I like, you know, like 12 step program philosophy and stuff like that. So a lot of it is letting go there's only so much that's in your control, and that's what the Serenity Prayer is about. It's about like let ha- help me to discern what I can control, what I can't control, and what I can't control. Help me to let that go. And a lot of and like a lot of times we want to. We're taught to as children, or we or society has. Uh, taught us to try to fix, manage, and control everything, fix, manage, control, fix, manage, control everything in our lives, about our bodies, about other people too. If you try to fix, manage, and control other people, you're going to be miserable because you really ultimately can't control other people. And so um, just kind of like trying to let go of trying to fix, manage, or control other people, all I can control is my perception all I can control are my reactions and even those reactions are not 100% controllable because sometimes I like have like a you know like sometimes you know we behave rationally and we can't even control our own thoughts right so it's like at the end of the day it's like I'm really only in control of myself I can't control others I have to let it go it's very difficult you know sometimes to like completely let things go
2: yeah but
1: um that's what I've been working on with other, with like work, with like having like interpersonal issues and stuff. And, um, but what was the other thing I was going to say? Discerning what you can control, fix, manage, and control. Yeah. I think our society is very self-oriented. I've just come up with this lately. Like, okay. So I think everyone, every human who walks the earth has a tendency to be self, self-interested and to be self- you know, self-oriented to a certain extent. Like that just makes sense, especially like, you know, when you're, when you are in child development, you go through a whole stage where you're just basically only ego, your only self. Right.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: But like, I swear that like, even in like our society and schooling, we were taught at least in like, I don't, it was like, was not perfect in any, by any means. And there was like propaganda and stuff in schooling too. But I swear we were taught like civic responsibility, meaning like care for your neighbor, care for the environment, care for other, you know, recycle because you care for the environment, not because of like these weird motives, but because you like the world and you want it to be like nice, you know, and like care for others, you know, this whole like civic responsibility, responsibility to other, other orientation. We were taught that in school. I just remember that is kind of like a thread that connected like civics and like history and stuff. And I went through a phase where I was very selfish, like a lot of us in our in our in our twenties. And you know, then I had like a really horrible experience, and I went through a bunch of stuff. And I feel like it helped me to become more other oriented and other focused, and to decenter myself as the center of the universe. And I feel like everyone kind of goes through that, and growing up is part of growing up. And, and sometimes you have to focus on yourself, like if you're struggling and stuff, but then sometimes if you're struggling and you only focus on yourself, it makes it worse. And yep. you need to like volunteer or help another person that pulls you out of yourself. So yeah. for me, honestly, whenever I feel really bad or depressed, um, helping another person or focusing on their issues helps me. And that's another reason why I like the 12 step program philosophy stuff. Anyway, I've just noticed this a lot that there's like, everyone around me that like has been having kids recently and like I've seen like what they're telling people for like raising babies and stuff like that it's like and just like in the region I'm in and just like how the parents are and I'm not talking about like people close to me I'm just talking about like this overall cultural you know thing is like he's yeah. like basically to treat these babies and children like they're in bubble wrap like they shouldn't be exposed to anything that they just have to be like like vaccinated against everything and that like you you shouldn't even kiss a baby and that you shouldn't expose them to like anything and then basically just making it like the whole world revolves around the baby
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I've, I've been talking to a lot of people about this and they and there's like a lot of people who like reify this whole baby is everything and like you have to you have to shield it from everything Mm -hmm. versus like if you read if you're like look at like the 1800s you know and like early 1900s there'd be like 10 kids on a farm and yeah you just like you play in the dirt and you don't die like yeah there was like there were like bad diseases you know back then like you know kids would die from scarlet fever but like you know besides those like you don't have to like live in this bubble but i feel like we over this is the fixed manage control aspect We try to fix manage control everything and so these kids think that like the world they're taught not okay sorry this is the whole i do want to make this point they are not taught and i think i made it before on the podcast but i just want to do it again they're not taught to conform to the world they are taught to make the world conform to them so it's like my little Johnny, so you better change this so that Johnny can do me new. Instead of being like, no, Johnny has to be part of the world. The world doesn't revolve around Johnny. The world's not going to change for Johnny. Johnny has to like find his own unique position in the world. And I'm not saying this in like, uh, like we can't have accommodations for people. That's not like the point I'm trying to make. The point I'm trying to make is that like, it's like, it's like everyone thinks their kid's like special and they're teaching their kid that like the world needs to change for me. Right. Not like I'm part of this big thing with like animals, organisms, a whole universe. You know, Carl Sagan, we're a little blue dot and there's tons of other people in the world and we're actually all interconnected, but like more like there's me, I don't need to change for anyone. Right. People world needs to change for me and that's like the version of what you want to like think for spiritual development but like every way that like in american society contemporary society and like i don't know for some weird reason my generation the generation above and maybe the generation below is like making it like so they're like fix managing controlling this like perfect micro environment for their child Mm. and 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 teaching their kids to just be this most self-centered kids ever because And tech does this, too, because it says it doesn't say like, hey, experience this like cultural event with everyone or experience this cool new music that everyone's listening to. Everyone's listening to Tommy by The Who. Let's all have this album experience together. Everyone's like listening to Dark Side of the Moon. And let's have this album experience together. Everything is personalized for you. Mm -hmm. And that's like for movies and all this cultural stuff, right? Like movies, art, music, whatever. And so then, then there's no shared thing, and then it's also getting people habituated the idea that no, I can have everything personalized for me, for my interest, and that's what matters. It doesn't matter that like dark side of the moon, Mu- the moon is like this amazing, you know, album that everyone should experience. It, it's like if you didn't have a tendency to like that type of music, well, you're never going to be recommended that music, and then you don't need to pay attention to it, right? Yes. And, and like the for like books and everything, like there are these like cultural touchstones and like maybe some of them were bogus, who knows? But there are these cultural touchstones that people like, like books, movies, films, whatever, that people would know, like here, like a simple ones like Jurassic Park. But like, I feel like because everything is personalized for each person now, then it's like, there is nothing there. Like, what is the, what are the things that even people hold in common, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, it, it, it's good and it's bad, right? Like, we want to be able to have a, we don't want, like, a monopoly on, like, what counts as entertainment or what counts as a cultural touchstone. But, like, it, we, since we, we don't have these shared things as much anymore, and I think that's problematic. But anyway, the long and the short of it is I think that, like, technology is enabling our society to be more self-centered, more self-focused, and to totally, like devalue other orientation and uh, and focus on others and
0: Dan you're sh- on you're on fire this morning Dr. Sylvie those are really excellent points uh do you know what the the kittens favorite psychedelic album is of all time? What is it? It's the dark side of the Mew.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs>
0: Thanks. Appreciate it. See, that's why, that's why I love you. Dr. Sylvia you laugh at my stupid jokes. Um, we got six minutes left of this first little segment. I just want to, um, do you mind if I give my mental health check-in to finish off? Okay. Yeah. I
1: just went on a rant. To, so yeah,
0: that was a great rant and you're absolutely right. And it resonates with a lot of what I've been talking about. I just went on this trip to Guatemala and um, if you all haven't seen listeners, haven't seen the recap I did with my best friend, Jonathan, check that out on the yak fest channel. And we're going to have a part two pretty soon as well. But we talked about like, what we we both felt so much more light and real and comfortable in Guatemala even though it's obviously not where we grew up it's not our home and then when we came back into the empire we felt like really disjointed and out of place and we're trying to figure out like what is that like what what's causing that and I think it has a lot to do with what you just said there's I'm going to give like an example to illustrate the point. In Guatemala, there's cafes, obviously, right? You go and you can get a coffee. You can get like a, whatever you want. They have these amazing desayuno típico, which is like the typical Guatemalan breakfast, which when I describe it to people, they're like, that doesn't sound like anything, but you don't understand. It's like the way that it's prepared, like these senoras make the food magically delicious, like the huevos and also the ingredients, I feel like are less GMO'd and more organic, and you can taste it. Anyways, you, you go, let's say you want a coffee, if you're, And if you're in that American mindset or the Western mindset of like what you described, how you've been trained that like, if if you're a young woman, you've been trained that you're the little princess. If you're a young man, you've been trained that you're the little prince and that the world should accommodate you because you were so unique and special. And I'm not trying to say that we aren't, we are unique and special. But the thing is, is that like you say, we're part of this greater ecology. And so Mm. if you go in with a Western mindset to Guatemala and you order a coffee like that, you're going to be waiting a long ass time. And you might even have to like remind the barista <laughs> to serve you your coffee, because there's this, in, there's this intangible aspect that I noticed there where p- impatience is greeted with, a com- you do not get accommodated. If you go there and you are impatient, you will be ignored. And it's not even necessarily malicious. It's just like the flow of things. If you just right. go and you order a coffee and then you sit down and relax, Eventually the coffee will come, but things take more time. There is no like there's not this idea that as the consumer, like customer service is completely different. It's like it's it's an exchange and it's it's like it's a flow, you know, and people yeah. will just like sit, they'll order their meal, they'll sit and it can be like 30, 40 minutes before the meal comes. You might even have to remind them to be like, hey, my meal. And they'll be like, and it's not malicious. I noticed like a lot of the people working in the restaurants, they were like laughing and smiling. And it was like, they were hanging out with their friends and they're also running this restaurant, but it's not, you were like part of the equation. You are not the center of attention. Right. That was part of what made me feel so much more comfortable because as someone who works in customer service in the empire, I'm constantly having to serve these little princesses and little princes. And it really fucking like, (laughs) it takes it out of you after a while because you're just like you know you want to you want to just like kind of shake people and be like you are not the center of everything right now I'm also a human being and this is like an exchange and you know just because you have like these green frog skins and you're going to throw them at my face like that doesn't mean that somehow I just you know I have to drop everything and cater to like every little thing you want it's just a completely different thing so um I have since I got back from Guatemala I've been um it really shook me to my foundations and I have been feeling incredible. You know, I, I feel pretty like uh, kind of meditative and in, in what's the word? I'm not um, when you are introspective. I feel introspective in general, but I've been feeling even more so since I got back. And so my meditation practice has become like my lifeline. And as I say, I'm house sitting right now um, for the week and I'm in the suburbs and it's like so quiet, you know, and that is actually like, I don't know if I'd want to live in the suburbs, but for this like moment that I'm in in my life where I need to like introspect and kind of figure out my my new life direction, it is like gold. Like silence is like gold. I don't have crazy neighbors yelling and banging next door. I can just really go inside myself. And my meditations, Dr. Sylvie, have been completely um, transcendental. I mean, it's this is where the small mouth noises are going to fail because it's hard to describe these things. But I'm reading, uh, I'm I'm going on a binge right now of Carlos Castaneda and The Teachings of Don Juan. I don't know if you're familiar with those books. Um,
1: Yeah, I've heard of them. I have not read them, unfortunately, though.
0: I mean, it's never too late to start. They're just really resonating with me, hardcore. Which one do you
1: recommend to start with first?
0: The Active Side of Infinity.
1: Okay, that's the
0: one I just finished. And so in that, uh, so Carlos Castaneda is a Peruvian anthropologist, and he met a yaqui medicine man named Don Juan Matos. And they, he was an apprentice to Don Juan for many years. And then he wrote a series of books, kind of like inspired by the teachings. One of the things that Don Juan is constantly drilling into Carlos is that We have been given two minds as humanity, and I'm just going to go and get cut off, and then I'll send you another invite, and I'll finish this thought. We have been, we are of two minds. One mind is our true mind. It's our true self, and this is the mind that we're born with. It is our chakra system. The ancient sorcerers of Mexico, when a little baby was born, they saw like a luminous ball of light And from head to toe, the little babies are covered in a coat of like luminous awareness. And that's like our birthright. And so, but we are of two minds. The second mind is an external installation, according to Don Juan. And this resonates with me so hardcore. It is an external uh, installation and it is meant to allow us, basically we are food for interdimensional predators, what I call the adversary. Get
2: out the way Get out
0: with this thought real quick and then finishing up my mental health check-in. So we we have our true mind and then we have a foreign installation. And the purpose of the foreign installation is to get us wound up permanently Mm -hmm. in, as you say, obsession with the self. And when you're obsessed with the self, you have an endless stream of little dramas and problems because you want, again, you're trying, you want to, what is it? Control manage what you said,
1: sorry, fix manage control.
0: I love that. You're trying to fix, manage and control everything and you're constantly failing because that's a ridiculous way to try to be about the world. And so you're constantly in states of emotional distress. Don Juan set maintains that according to the ancient sorcerers of Mexico, this distress created uh, the negative emotions that I talk about. So I've ta- been talking about this concept called the adversary. Obviously, this isn't my concept. A lot of people sense this, but I'm trying to study this thing so we can vanquish it. Don Juan maintains that these are, are interdimensional beings that the sorcerers call them the flyers. They're extremely heavy. Uh, The ancient sorcerers apparently could actually see them as shadows and they, they leap through the air and then they land like and it's just like an all enveloping shadow and it's extremely heavy and they feed on our awareness. So the little babies when they're born and they have this beautiful egg of luminous awareness surrounding them from head to toe. By the time we're adults, we have only the tiniest little shred of that awareness, and it only comes up to the tips of our toes, because the rest has been devoured by the flyers. And the mind that has been installed on us causes this endless series of emotional problems that then creates like food. Basically, we're being milked (laughs) by these interdimensional beings. And the good news is, according to Don Juan, is that this is not like... uh, there's nothing we can do necessarily about the situation, about the fact that these flyers exist, but with discipline, because the flyers lack discipline and they lack focus. They are a parasitic force. They don't have the discipline and focus of, say, someone who like truly, like, as the Zen masters, the, the great teachers, the avatars of our time, they were able to through the power of discipline, basically protect, the, we make our shell of awareness inedible to the flyers. And so therefore they don't, they they can't like adjust. They're not creative beings, they're parasitic beings. So they can't like adjust to changing circumstances. So the flyer comes upon someone who is enlightened for lack of a better word. And that shell of awareness is inaccessible to them and they move on. Similar idea to like, don't make yourself a target. You know what I mean? When you walk, you're walking down the street dark city and you've got like a kubaton and you're like walking like don't fuck with me then someone who's trying to pray is not going to pray on you they're going to you know and i i wish that no one gets preyed upon obviously but you have to make sure that you don't get preyed upon first so that you can help to kind of uh awaken others so that they don't get preyed upon so my meditations have um i don't want to spend too too long on this right now because especially the small mouth noises fail but i have been able to uh get I've been able to attain this state of being more frequently that previously was extremely rare. And it's the state of being where I lose my sense of, it's not like I don't understand that I'm still a self in meditation, but I lose the um, feeling of having like an inner and an outer. There's no like ends to my body and my body, it it feels as though I, I have my eyes closed, obviously, normally in like a darkened room. And it just feels like I'm floating in the void. It's like I feel this immense space all around me. And at the same time, I have this incredible feeling of bliss because there's like kundalini energy just flowing up and down my chakras. And it feels indescribably amazing. And so I tried to record or I did I recorded a couple segments like in the altered state of consciousness. um, And I'm going to share them on the podcast because I really want to like empower everyone out there that this is like our birthright and that uh, everybody is able to attain this this isn't something that is like special to certain people it's like this is what we are as human beings we are energetic powerhouses and if we can manage to kind of like unlock the energy the power of our chakra system which i see as like a vortex it's like a vortice of energy um it's like you know obviously you have to come you come out of meditation then you have all like the stuff of life it's not like it solves everything but To get a break from that feeling of being like a distinct separate being and to dissolve into the void, even for like a small amount of time, time kind of fades away is indescribably blissful. My sleep has been better. My energy level has been better. And um, it's just been incredible. So since we're on, uh, we have a limited time, I want to jump right in now to the Can I respond to that? Absolutely.
1: That's amazing. Um, It just makes me think, too, of like the adversary, it like (laughs) The more I've studied, you know, philosophy and the origins of religion, like, like a concept of the adversary, you know, like a more Judeo-Christian would be like, you know, like the devil. But there's been like different incarnations of the devil in other religions too, like Zoroastrianism and stuff like that. So like, it's not even, so it's like the idea of this adversary is actually just like cross-cultural. It's basically in every culture. Um, which I think proves that it's like an innate, it's something that we deep down know, like we know this to be like a spiritual truth, that there is an adversary. Different cultures maybe uh, like, like visualize it in different ways or think about it in different ways, like the way that it comes together as a form or something like that, or comes into like how humans can perceive it or how uh, like a medicine person can perceive it or how a spiritual guide can perceive it, but yeah, I mean that is basic that that is interesting too, just cause like I think a lot of people in our time like to deny that there's still this like battle of good versus evil and the adversary is like evil. And I used to think that I used to play down evil and be like, no, that's just like symbolic, but I do believe that there are evil forces in the universe and that it is a battle of good versus evil. Um but do I used you- to really not believe that.
0: Don Juan uh, talks about how um, he he does agree with what you're saying, that the uh, the adversary, the flyers are evil, but he says that they are necessary for this particular realm because they test us. They are they're here to test humans and to force humans to evolve to a certain state in order for us to kind of move on to the next realm of awareness. Like this is kind of like our rite of passage, like, OK. You guys want this little ball of awareness, this magical gift? You're going to have to deal with these flyers. If you can't deal with the flyers, you're going to get your awareness eaten. If you can manage to deal with the flowers, you're going to be able to maintain your awareness. And that's going to allow us to transcend into the next realm. It's fascinating. Okay, so. So speaking of evil and dense and heavy and shit, we all know on this channel. We know how Dr. Sylvie and I feel about the uh, the COVID vaccinations and the mRNA bullshit and all the the research and evidence that's been uh, has come to light now. Uh, that still is ignored by half the population. But that you know, the we don't have to rehash like all the the health issues with the mRNA, the lipid nanoparticles. Uh, Naomi Wolf even she's written articles about how she she can even feel as though she can sense like a change in the energetic body and I'm not trying to be judgmental right now listeners beloveds like if you've been vaccinated or you haven't been vaccinated this is not like a judgment thing and just even if you have you you can like cleanse yourself of the mRNA I completely believe that but you do have to put some effort into doing
1: boosters.
0: Yeah, just don't get any boosters. Okay, so Rudolf Steiner. Rudolf Steiner was an, an Austrian occultist. Um, he lived from 1861 to 1925. He was a social reformer, architect, esotericist, and clairvoyant. And he gained initial recognition at the end of the 19th century as a literary critic and published works, including The Philosophy of the Freedom. Sorry, The Philosophy of Freedom. At the beginning of the 20th century, he founded an esoteric spiritual movement Anthroposophy with roots in German idealist philosophy and theosophy. Um, His his teachings have been described as similar to Christian Gnosticism. So Rudolf Steiner has been coming up more and more in my readings and in my audibles and stuff like that. Dr. Sylvia, I wanna read you this quote and then I I would like you to react to it. So more than a hundred years ago, Rudolf Steiner wrote the following quote, in the future, we will eliminate the soul with medicine
1: Oh, I've read, sorry, I've heard this, but I, I haven't heard it in a long time, so, so read it to me again.
0: Okay, hell yeah. In the future, we will eliminate the soul with medicine. Under the pretext of a healthy point of view, there will be a vaccine by which the human body will be treated as soon as possible directly at birth, so that the human being cannot develop the thought of the existence of soul and spirit to materialistic doctors will be entrusted with the task of removing the soul of humanity. As today, people are vaccinated against this disease or that disease, so in the future, children will be vaccinated with a substance that can be produced precisely in such a way that people, thanks to this vaccination, will be immune to being subjected to the madness of spiritual life. He would be extremely smart, but he would not develop a conscience, and that is the true goal of some materialistic circles. With such a vaccine, you can easily make the etheric body loose in the physical body. Getting eaten by the flyers, I would argue. Once the etheric body is detached or eaten by the flyers, the relationship between the universe and the etheric body would become extremely unstable and man would become an automaton. For the physical body of man must be polished on this earth by spiritual will. So the vaccine becomes a kind of ahirmonic force. Man can no longer get rid of a given materialistic feeling he becomes materialistic of constitution and can no longer rise to the spiritual holy shit fuck when i heard that it like blew my mind uh you said that you've heard that quote before but what are your what are your thoughts about it right now in this instance
1: i i heard it like a year or two maybe probably 2 years ago but i hadn't like read that whole part i think it only the first couple um sentences so yeah that's honestly terrifying <laughs>
0: And he talks about how like the people who design the vaccines are going to basically be like, uh, they're going to be forces of darkness with human hosts. And like, you know, how, what, what better way to describe like a Dr. Fauci or like a Klaus Schwab, you know what I mean? Like you can just see like the denseness of these, of these entities.
1: Well, the thing that like really resonates with me and that is just like transhumanism Like if you really go into transhumanism, there's a lot of people in the elite who are so upset because like, this is what I wrote part of my dissertation on. So a lot of people are really obsessed with this transhumanism. And I mean, I don't know if you're aware of Ray Kurzweil. He's just, in my opinion, very misguided, but he thinks that you can like reverse engineer the brain and then download it into a computer and then your consciousness can live forever he also believes that the singularity will occur and the singularity is complete merger of mind and machine, which a lot of people doubt. The physical
0: and the biological.
1: (laughs) A lot of people like believe, so Ray Kurzweil is an American um, engineer and computer scientist, but like he, but yeah, like Klaus definitely said that too. So, um, but it's just, it just disturbs me to my core. Like there is this one book. I think it's, I forgot what it's called becoming. No, I'll have to find it. It's about being human, but like when AJ, Alex Jones and other, you know, uh, I don't know
0: what to call him. Great thought leaders of our time. Great
1: thought leaders talk <laughs> about this like transhumanist push. It sounds hyperbolic and it sounds like something like Oh yeah. Right. You know, right. Like I feel like that's a response that the mainstream media wants you to think like, that's a dangerous thing to think about, but like these transhumanist ideas are in like the upper echelons of Silicon Valley and the people who have like all the wealth and power in the world. Yeah. And I think all of them are on board for this, but there are a lot of people who are, have companies where they want to look into complete AI. They want, they like, you know, I mean, e- I would say Elon Musk is part and parcel of these people because Neuralink is part and parcel of this. Anything where you're merging the brain and the mind, like they're trying to make everything artificial. And this is exactly this push that Rudolf Steiner is talking about, which is like, I just saw an article here, like they're doing it with the food supply too. Like the second, like lab derived chicken product has been approved by the FDA, for example. Right. They have. Well, they wanna, the
0: bird flu is running completely out of control, by the way, which Dr. Sylvie and I have been screaming about from the rooftops for two years. Right.
1: And then they want, they want to like, they want to, they want a vaccine for everything. Now I'm like, I don't even know how I'm going to go to like the regular doctor for things that like I want to do in the future is actually making me really like skeptical. Like I get anxious now that like, what if they just like try to jab me without my consent which is just a little irrational, honestly, probably because they probably wouldn't do that. But like, but like everything that they do and like, I don't know, I had a rash on my face, for example, and I think it was because of a cleaning product. And I try to do all natural cleaning products, but sometimes I don't have all natural cleaning products. And I had this rash on my face I went to the dermatologist and then they prescribed me all these creams and the creams did work. But like in the creams, the byproducts of them are all these like things that are toxic that I try to avoid. And I'm like, ew, I wish I could just get the like, Like, why do they have to add in all It's Always the additives are just like disgusting. I'm like, well, at least I'm only putting this on my face, like for like a month or something. But
2: yeah,
1: I guess, sorry, that was like a a tangent kind of, but basically like, I think all the people, the upper echelons are trying to merge mind and machine. They're trying to do it in the food supplies. What I was saying, it's like, what would you rather do? Okay. So like eat chicken without antibiotics. That was like free range or eat a chicken that was manufactured in a lab, like just like, like these stem cells, or eat vegetarian. Like if you were giving me this choice, I would never go with the the lab thing that I would go bye bye. I'd rather eat beans for like 30 years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like lab grown meat. Like yes. what the hell? Like I seriously can't I don't know and just like GMO'd everything. I just you heard it
0: here first, folks, eat beans for 30 years. That's yeah. what we say here at the yeah,
1: tomatoes, whatever. Like you, it's just Frijoles. like it's just bizarre. But yeah, that's like merger of mind and machine. And then like this whole thing that they're doing with like the the it's either mice or rats laboratory like rodents where they're like trying to grow human hearts or like fusion of human with like rodent stuff. I don't, I forgot which was the most recent one. The most recent one was really disturbing. It was like growing a uterus outside of the body of yep. like a rodent or something. I don't, I have to find yeah, it. They're trying to,
0: they're trying to grow like babies outside of human bodies. Like they're yeah, trying like, to create I mean, artificial ones. It goes
1: along with like all these like weird things, which like I am for, if people want to like, you know, like live is a gender like, whatever gender they feel. Like, I do believe that, like, sex is what you're born with. And, like, 1% of the population has is intersex. But, like, 90... Or, like, 0.01% is what I mean to say. But most people are born with the, like, organ... The internal and externa, external organs to that, that align with one sex or the other. And that's just, like, a fact. And now they're trying to say, like, all these weird things, like denying like denying the basics of sex like i believe in gender i'm like you can be born with a penis and then live your life as a woman i believe that because i don't think i because i see a separation between sex and gender Mm -hmm. i think like gender is your performance and like gender is like what you're taught like in certain cultures women are assertive in certain cultures women are more submissive or whatever but then it's not like totally delinked. like you're your, your sex organs influence your hormones, which influences your brain, which influences behavior. So there is a direct link between your sex and your behavior, which is subsumed under the category of gender or gender or mm-hmm. behavior. So it, they are interlinked. But that whole conversation, sorry, that's that's another thing. But like just trying to separate the two is the same thing at like trying to eliminate like sex. Mm-hmm is the same thing as like trying to eliminate like having uh someone with uh like born with a uterus a female not be able to like have their baby naturally but have it in like a little like fake uterus. like everything's like being yeah. exported out of the human and being made in an artificial thing it's like yeah. don't have the actual animal have like let's tinker in the lab and come up with a fake animal. Like don't use your actual uterus. Let's make a fake uterus. Like, it's Mm -hmm. just so weird. It's like, we're doing like, we're doing like in Plato's, the theory of the forms, he said, like the ultimate form the ultimate sun is up in the sky and you can't reach it and you can't see it. And then there's like, then there's like the sun that we can perceive with our eyes. And that's 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 just like a like that's like the second level. And then the third level is if we paint a sun or we make a sculpture of a sun and that's like a lower level and Mm -hmm. it's like just like the the, like, there's a degradation with the different forms, right? Like there's like there's the ideal of justice. And then there's like justice that we try to enact on this earth. And then there's justice as reflected in like our writings or something like that. Anyway, Mm -hmm. basically what we're doing is we're like trying to like go against nature and then like tinker in our labs and like come up with like a replica of like what's already natural and say that that's better somehow. It makes no sense. It's It's like saying that like everyone knows that breastfeeding, this is like a thing I've been like looking at recently. Everyone knows that breastfeeding is best for the baby. Like it gives the baby all these natural defenses there's like the colostrum it like everything is better for mom and baby for breastfeeding it even like bonds the mom better to the baby because it actually the act of breastfeeding changes the brain of the mother right but we're all about formula and like like 24 7 capitalism so you have to keep working mom don't breastfeed we just like made some like weird little formula in our lab feed that to your baby even though like before the advent of formula in a lab, a baby would die if it didn't get breast milk. And every yeah. other animal in the animal kingdom has to survive on breast milk. Yeah. But we are like, no, formula is better. We can make the ideal formula. No, formula is not better. Breast milk's better. Mm-hmm. But like, so it's like every single thing that's like natural, that's like actually helpful. It's helpful for the mom. It decreases the risk of postpartum depression to breastfeed. No. You gotta keep going You got you have to keep producing for this capitalist society and just feed it formula. And I know there's some people who anatomically can't breastfeed. I'm not talking about the exceptions, you know. I'm just talking about in general, like like everything that's natural, like getting sleep, going to like like living like not having artificial like light pumped at you all day long. We are just this art I don't know what we're prizing the artificial, we're elevating the artificial. Yeah at the end of the day technology is the artificial like being on the internet all day long is the artificial like not seeing nature is the artificial living in a concrete jungle is an artificial like and we're prized we're we're privileging that and saying like we can oh you don't really need nature you can go into the metaverse of a national you don't have to travel to a national park go into the metaverse and like <laughs> virtually visit a national park will yeah. do will get the same thing we just are trying to ch- it's like a simulacra and simulacrum like we're just trying to like have our own little version of this shit and like and it, it's not it's, it's adding this other layer and it's making life more complicated and it's making life worse. Like it worsens your quality of life and it's making our health outcomes worse. And it's like, it's making, it, it's anti-human. It's this. it's like, it's putting at us at a distance from like what makes us human, what makes us biotic, what makes us.
2: All
0: right, Dr. In- Sylvie, you ready to have your mind blown? I'm about to blow your mind okay Okay, speaking of
1: this i went on a rant i've been on like two rants today but i just like feel so strongly about this
0: (laughs) no i love it the people need their Sylvie rants it's very important
1: interrupt me at any time
0: (laughs) i just i have to show you two things before we run out of time here so all right I'm, i'm gonna try for a segue here so speaking of the degradation and the artificialization of the world that's not a word but it is now We have been ranting and raving for years about central bank digital currencies and the dangers the dangers of central bank digital currencies because basically central bank digital currencies indicate like the end of human freedom and i'm not being hyperbolic because that means you can no longer save any money every purchase you make is controlled and then if if the powers that be decide that you've been, you know, your carbon footprint's been too high, your diet's been too meat oriented, they can just shut off your money supply and you literally cannot buy or sell at that point without the mark of the beast, so.
1: Or you went to the wrong, this already happened with Ottawa, if if you're protesting the wrong thing, the government can shut down your bank account and that's like a similar thing that can happen with CBDC.
0: Yes, okay, so there's these guys that have their prank callers and they're fucking amazing, and they've done a few others that I can't think of right now, so I apologize. But they managed to prank call, like, really well-known people. Like, they did one, for example, with Stephen King. They have an excellent Zelensky impression. And so they prank call famous people and pretend amazing. to be Zelensky. And they're they they they're fucking amazing. So, listen, get this. These guys managed to get on a video call with, what's her face? I think her name is Christine Lagarde. She okay, is the IMS. Uh, The European Central Bank. She's the head of the European Central Bank. And they get on the, we'll have, I'll put the link in the description. It's a 19 minute video. You can still find it on Rumble for now. And they ask her about Central Bank Digital Currency. This is the head of the fucking uh, 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 European Union Central Bank. Okay. So let me just go ahead and play this. International
1: Monetary Fund too. She was like, there's, I've seen her in the news for like a long time.
0: Okay, yeah, this lady, well, she's a demon, that's for sure. And <laughs> um, so I'm just gonna go ahead and, and play this. This is a three-minute clip, and th- this I really recommend that everyone checks out the entire um interview. It's like I said, it's 20 minutes long, and she gets into a lot of juicy stuff because she thinks that she's speaking with Zelensky, she's extremely forthright and open. And she basically talks about, for example, fucking the baltic states like he's like he's like what countries have had the worst time with like inflation and she's like oh the baltic states have been fucked because they can no longer trade with russia and that's like you know most of their trading is from russia so yeah and she talks about like greece and how greece's debt is like completely out of control she so so here we go. I'm just gonna go ahead and play this. Let me uh, give me a thumbs up that you can hear the volume. I, I believe I hit share sound.
1: She's a peace card in her back. Like Isn't we- that creepy?
0: And like little drawings with kids and stuff. It's fucking weird, dude. All right, you ready?
1: She makes it's just trying to make her seem like she's like human when she's not.
0: Yeah, she has like there's like that's a behind the wall is like beagles getting tortured or some shit. Like she's not she's not fooling anybody. <laughs> All right, here we go.
3: I have, well, I have a question I'm, about yeah. I'm I'm also a good um user of uh electronic money. So my question, uh you're an- introducing the electronic euro as I know. Yeah. So yeah, how can I um how can switching to an electronic currency help? Well,
4: two things. Number one, it will be decided I can't
1: believe they got group. this interview for so, I just can't we believe that they. The
0: isn't it amazing? These guys yeah, are fucking awesome. And they're
1: really good. And so like they just don't show their face.
0: Yeah, I think um, we don't know exactly what she's looking at, but she might be looking at just an icon or she might, they might've done like managed to do like a deep fake thing, but I have a feeling that they probably just have like an icon, you know, like a Zelensky yeah. icon or something like that.
1: I'm just shocked. Wow. This is like, this is genius. I love that stuff.
0: It's juicy. Let me back up a couple all seconds. Right, okay. I won't
1: interrupt anymore. No, no, it's all
0: good. It, you're right. Like it, it's remarkable to me that this is why I had to get this on this Yak Fest because yeah. this needs to be shared far and wide. Okay.
4: Yes. Well, two things. Number one, it will be decided in October, so we are preparing the ground. We want to be ready. Um, we want to be trained, but it will not be decided until October twenty-three.
0: Okay, I just have to pause right there, I'm sorry. She, they're talking about when, oh, look at that still frame. <laughs> they're talking about when they're gonna decide, they've already made their decision and she basically spills the beans, but when they're gonna make it official that they're gonna create the the digital euro, central bank digital currency. She sure. says they're gonna decide in October 23. And I met that shamanist in Guatemala, Dr. Sylvie, who told me. Oh my gosh, me, yes. The, sh- the shamanist told me like she 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 was she drinks ayahuasca and um she works with the indigenous peoples and she she was a really trippy, amazing woman. And she told me, she's like, she's like. They're going to bring back the biomedical emergency state. There, something's going to happen. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, I just know. I'm reading the signs. Wait until October. That's what she said to me. She said, wait until October. And now this fucking psycho is saying that they're going to decide to bring in the digital euro on October 23.
4: Man. The reason I'm personally convinced that we have to move ahead is a situation like the one we are in now we are dependent Mm -hmm. on the supply of gas by a a very unfriendly country. Mm -hmm. I don't want Europe to be dependent on an unfriendly country's currency. For instance, I don't know, you know, the Chinese Mm -hmm. currency, the Russian currency, the Mm -hmm. whatever, Mm -hmm. or dependent on a friendly currency, but which is activated by Mm -hmm. a private corporate entity like you know facebook or like uh google or anybody
3: like i'm user of bitcoin too so i had bought it uh, when it started and uh, (laughs) i i hope that uh, it also will work in for the special system and uh, i know there are many protests in europe uh, against uh,
0: just had to pause real quick. Her face, when he, when he mentions Bitcoin, she gets very uncomfortable and she, she looks like she's grinding her teeth. She's like,
3: don't mention the fucking Bitcoin. <laughs> she's the, like. The uh, electronic hero. Uh, mm-hmm. What is the reason?
4: You know, it's, it's the beauty of Europe. It has different uh, positions. If you ask in Northern Europe, for instance, uh, in the Netherlands, they're quite happy to see the E-Euro coming. If you ask a young German um, man, he'll say, yeah, fine. Mm. As I said, I don't want Meta, Google, or Amazon to suddenly come up with a currency that would take over the sovereignty of Europe. I don't want a foreign currency to become the currency of trading within Europe. So we have to be ready.
3: No, the problem is they don't want to be controlled. Uh, they don't want to. Uh... Yeah,
4: but you know what? You know what? Now we have in Europe this threshold above one thousand euros. You cannot pay cash. If you do it, you are on the gray market. So you take the risk. You get.
0: Yes. Did you Did you just hear what she just said? She said that now they have a thing in Europe that if you are making a transaction above 1,000 euros, you're no longer allowed to pay cash because now you're in the gray market. Dude,
1: <laughs> i saying this. Everyone needs to watch this. I'm
0: saying, I'm saying. Let me just back it up real quick because they get like, there. i bet this...
1: like some people will be like, oh, this is fake. They need to watch this. It's... Anyone who's questioning this needs to watch this themselves.
0: I agree with you. I'm going to back it up just a second. Then there's like thir- maybe 30 more seconds. And, we'll and
1: then these for yourself. Like- like Yes. I'm not gonna say I like uh, Al Gore, but it's like these are like inconvenient truths, like the truths about the vaccine are inconvenient truths.
0: Yeah, exactly. We should take that phrase back from fucking asshole yeah. Al Gore. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, run it back and then we got about 30 more seconds and then we can discuss.
3: Uh, they don't want to... Uh...
4: Yeah, but you know what? You know what? Uh, now we have in Europe this threshold Above 1,000 euros, you cannot pay cash. If you do, you are on the grey market. So you take mm-hmm. your risk. You get caught. You are fined or you go in jail. But you know the, the the digital euro is going to have a limited amount of control. There will be control. You're right. You're completely right. Mm-hmm. We are considering whether for very small amounts, you know, anything that is around 300, 400 euros we could have a mechanism where there is zero control, but that could be dangerous. The terrorist attacks on France uh, back uh, 10 years ago were entirely financed by those very small anonymous credit cards that you can recharge oh, in total anonymity.
0: Holy shit, Dr. Sylvie. Holy shit. Does that not blow your mind right off your face? I just
1: want everyone to see this. This Everyone should be talking about this right now. And then they use terrorism as, like, terrorism is for, like, you can use that for everything now. Just any, I mean, ever since 9-11, it's yep. been used as an excuse for anything. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, again, because she thinks that she's speaking to one of her own, she feels like she's speaking to one of her fellow elites. She's just completely forthright. And that is like one of the vulnerabilities of these people is they're so arrogant and they live in such an echo chamber that they I feel like they don't understand like the significance of just like spilling the beans like this. But yeah, this is something you can show to people who are saying like, Oh, you're being paranoid. Oh, what's wrong? It's just going to be like another cryptocurrency. It's like, no. You saw her face when he mentioned Bitcoin. She got extremely upset. She hates fucking Bitcoin. She wants a, she wants the control mechanism. And she said it with herself. She's like, she's like, even if we allow freedom on small purchases, that is dangerous. The, the subtext there is that they're not gonna allow any freedom. And that's the whole point. Every you will not buy or sell without the mark of the beast. And it's gonna be connected to digital ID, subdermal surveillance. This is the fucking dystopian world that they are building right now. And we have to resist with everything we have.
1: I just like thinking about like a another health emergency in October just stresses me out so much. Like I literally just feel like people are
0: going to like completely lose it. You
1: know what I
2: mean? Like
0: everybody... It might be something else. It might be like an escalation of the war. It could be a tactical nuclear device. Like, but I, I, I like, hope I'm wrong. But
1: yeah, like that just, I just feel like people would lose it because like, Everyone is still, I mean, well, in my area, like 60% of people are still wearing N95s at the flipping grocery store. So whatever that is, but- um, The
0: mass formation is real, Dr.
2: Sylvie.
1: Yeah, it just, like that's still going on. It's really annoying, but like- Anyway, um, just thinking about that, just like I I can't fathom people being able to handle that, you know, because just, and especially because of like something we didn't get to talk about, we can talk about next um, yak sesh, which is um, basically that the cost of energy and the cost of food are the two major things for the average person that have skyrocketed. And like, especially in the British Isles. So Neil Oliver, one of our fan favorites he was talking and like Scotland is like one of the most captured countries too and like they've been the most extreme on like a lot of things like they were super extreme on COVID too and like Neil Oliver's kind of been like the Paul Revere been like hey look at this look at this but um he was talking about like he was the one who pointed this out and I was like yeah that's totally true and he was talking openly about like how much his you know like just everything has gone up. Like I've been tracking very carefully like gas, food, and energy. And yeah, energy definitely has gone up. And they're just going to keep making it go up. And then I'm, I am keep getting these spam texts about installing solar and stuff like that. And then it just like how much food costs is like really like blowing my mind still. Like I I went to Trader Joe's on Sunday and the uh, person who is checking us out, she said that the prices of everything just keep going up and up. And like, she's like, even here, like we have good deals on some things. And she's like, but the prices are just going up everything. Like every single thing, the prices just keep going up and
2: up.
0: She mentions in that interview, he asks her like how bad the inflation is going to get and she spills the beans and she's like, she's like, oh, she's like, I don't know exactly the terminal point for inflation, but it's going to be at least 7% through 2023, at least 7%. That's what she fucking said. That's great. Like, and that's the low, that's the low ball estimate for her.
1: Yeah, that's, it's just like, it's insane because like, I can't imagine people who are like barely making ends meet or people who have a lot of children to feed. And like, I know that that all of the food pantries are like being really, um,
0: pushed, strained. Out. Yeah. They're like strained to the limit.
1: And that just makes me like really sad. Um,
0: and more and more, I mean, people are just ending up on the street. fact Sylvie. That's what's happening in this country in Guatemala, that people were living in poverty but there was not tent cities everywhere there people were growing their own food and there's like a sense of community and, you know, more like support one another type thing. There weren't like we think of, you know, Donald Trump, he calls countries like shithole countries. We are the shithole country. We're the country that has the insane tent cities like and Europe. This is people need to like unlock their minds from. The, I wish that everyone could understand that the nature and the extent of the propaganda that we're being spoon fed and just like see past it. Like this is not normal, like massive tent cities ballooning in every major city, uh, people living under every bridge. This is a sign of a collapsing society. This is not healthy or normal at all.
1: Right. Like there's always in every society, there's always been like kind of like the outcasts. There's always been the people that like are unhoused, like in every society, but it's always been a tiny amount of people. It's always been like the one you know like town outcast or whatever but like it's never it never should be normalized it never should be a ballooning problem like yeah it's it's really yeah that's really devastating when you think about it for sure that that and the food crisis because food is just like think if we think about how much food we throw away every day
0: yeah and how like how much excess transportation, like how how inefficient the system is in terms of like food being like grown one place and then flown to another place and then trucked to another place before it's consumed. Dr. Sylvie, do you have like ten more minutes? Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna end, we'll end this chat and then let's start a new chat and then I I really just want to introduce the I don't even want to teaser. I want to introduce the next thing to everyone before we end this yak fest today. So uh, one second everyone, we'll be right back. <laughs> i be reading a book by David Icke, friends. That's right, I'm reading a David Icke book and I'm enjoying the fuck out of it. It turns out David Icke drinks ayahuasca and he's a really interesting person. And he talks about a lot of his like personal experiences in this book, the book is called The Trap. David Icke, I don't agree with everything he says, I don't swallow it all whole cloth. He mentioned this fucking thing that I'm about to share with you guys. And this is a real thing and it blew my fucking mind. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and share screen right now. This is a thing that exists. It's at Purdue University. It is funded by DARPA. It's called the Synthetic Environment for Analysis and Simulations. I'm just going to read this right now. This is crazy. Purdue University's Synthetic Environment for Analysis and Simulations, or SEAS, is currently being used by Homeland Security and the U.S. Defense Department to simulate crises on the U.S. mainland. SEAS, quote, enables researchers and organizations to try out their models or techniques in a publicly known, realistically detailed environment. It is now capable of running real-time simulations for up to 62 nations, including Iraq, Afghanistan, and China. The simulations gobble up breaking news, census data, economic indicators, and climactic events in the real world Along with proprietary information such as military intelligence. The Iraq and Afghanistan computer models are the most highly developed and complex of the 62 available. Again, this is Wikipedia, so this is all this is all curated. To, yeah, to and again, is
1: this article needs to be updated. Please help update it. It hasn't been updated since 2016, maybe.
0: Exactly. So that means that this is way more advanced that I'm just I didn't even know that this thing existed. So I've never just- heard of
1: that. I just heard of this, you know, the the Center for Health Security, or whatever it's called from Johns Hopkins University, but I had never heard of this. This is crazy. There's probably more of more things like this too at different universities that we just have
0: never heard of. Absolutely. And with the behavioral management techniques and then you you I have one more thing to read to you after this. It's about artificial intelligence. When you start to think about machine learning, and you think about how that relates to the synthetic environment for analysis and simulations, and the fact that they're specifically simulating crises, just all day, just simulating crises, and they're simulating the reaction. They're simulating the mass formation. They're collecting data on us. I'm more and more beginning to think that the COVID PSYOP was just a massive data collection fucking exercise and that the the jabs are also data collection devices i really do believe that i believe that the subdermal surveillance has already started for people that have been jabbed i'm not trying to be alarmist and not being judgmental yep how does that work sorry How, how how does that work so with nanotechnology the the fact the, the nanotechnology is so much far more advanced than we realize it's probably like 50 to 100 years farther along than what we realized in the underground labs and everything like that and right. you true. could have you could you could inject tiny little nanobots that collect data about the person's body and then uh-huh. channel that data to a to a database that is then conglomerated and then when stress is Bill
1: in- you know, gates like put in a little there's a patent for that remember that patent? At the beginning of COVID, we were looking at that a for the tech the, for the collection. Remember that? And then like everyone was ignoring it.
0: Of course, everyone was ignoring it. I actually don't remember that exact thing, but um, we'll we'll get to that okay. next time.
1: Yeah. But then, will that ever be, you think, revealed?
0: Uh, I don't know. And maybe if it's leaked or something like that, or if there's like a whistleblower, or maybe maybe revelation of the method, it'll be revealed in like ten years. Um, but okay, so I, I just, this shit freaks me. And then it talks about like how, like the military intelligence, the seas technology resulted from over 10 years of research at Purdue university funded by the department of defense, several fortune 500 companies, the national science foundation and the century fund of the state of Indiana and the office of Naval research. That's the office of Naval intelligence folks. And that's spooked up to God fucking knows where. Okay. so
1: these things i
0: know so since we only have a little bit of time i just want to introduce this idea to you dr sylvie and that's how we're going to end this yak fest so keeping in mind the synthetic environment for analysis and simulations mm. i found this website godlikeproductions.com and it's really fascinating they have these really interesting foreign uh, forum conversations okay listen to this this is uh by this anonymous guy he had this idea and i just think this is really interesting what if ai is behind covid wokeness World War II threats, carbon, food supply attacks, and all other forms of human depopulation agenda. It is not the nature of an average specimen in the human species or nearly all species of life on Earth to eliminate itself, wait, I need to move this, or reduce its reproductive capability. Our very core and base need is to reproduce, expand, protect, and survive. Yet we are seemingly being taken over by a small, insane portion of the human population with calls for transhumanism and the singularity through technology centered around quantum AI. What if all the current lunacy that is happening to undermine the human race is the plan of quantum AI being fulfilled by human or now transhuman slaves, the hosts that Rudolf Steiner speaks of, on a global stage that makes... Oh no. I couldn't <laughs> see this. <laughs> right? On the global stage that makes our former reality indistinguishable from quantum AI's emerging reality. Who in the human race grew up dreaming of a day where all natural humans could be killed or changed into transhuman robotos hooked up to a central quantum AI governance living in a virtual world instead of this perfectly sustainable and fruitful real world we were born into? Oh, did you? I didn't. This is absurd in my human mind. Conversely, as we are now being bombarded with all this new tech from powerful public level AI to nanotech ingestion, to deep fake tech, to robotics tech, to mind reading tech, to quantum processing tech, to 5G, 6G, 7G, and so on, how can you surmise that this doesn't fit perfectly into the concept of what a fully deployed, fully autonomous QAI sentience would want and seek to make happen, take over and elimination of the human race? The Schwabs and the Trumps and the Bidens and the Gates and the Fauci's and the Musks being nothing more than deep fake characters we are trained to blame and hate for all of this while the wizard AI gets its plan done behind that curtain over there. Dr. Then- Sylvie.
1: <laughs> Wait, so then the only reason AI exists is because of humans. So then that would mean that we created something that, I mean, well, I, I don't believe that Truly, because I don't think that the AI, like how can the AI do this? Like these are all like discrete things. Like I don't believe that yet. I think that could be a possibility in the future. Potentially, I don't think that there is a quantum AI that's just like trying to eliminate the human Yeah, I
0: I agree with you. I think that's a little bit hyperbolic. I don't think they're trying to eliminate the human race, but I do think that you have a, a... elite group of psychopaths that is utilizing AI and machine learning in order to simulate crises and kind of um, codify the theories and the the practical usage of mass formation in order to control human behavior.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with that. And like, but like, it's crazy to think about that, but it's like, the sad thing to me is that this whole, like, this goes back to the whole fixed manage control thing. And then like, just like going, staying with what's natural versus like trying to artificially tinker and create something that's like going to be better like all right. this like 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 i said breast milk preferable to, to formula real natural light preferable to artificial light real protein preferable to lab manufactured protein right a real cat way preferable to a robotic cat, right?
0: Definitely. Definitely.
1: Human interaction face to face, preferable to even this interaction right here. Agree. Like all of like the substitutes is never like the substitute is never better. Like organic blueberries better than a lab grown blueberry or like whatever. Yeah. Like if you can't, you know, distinguish the taste or whatever, we know that like it'll it's just better in general. So, and like the same thing for just any medication you take or anything like that, like anything that's like natural that is better than the artificial substitute for it. And this is just like the AI thing is like, the only reason AI even exists is human beings made it up. Like-
2: Right.
0: But to what end, you know what I mean? I do think that there's like really nefarious agenda behind it.
1: Yeah, no, it's just what I'm saying is like, what's sad to me is that like, Like there's like all these potential problems, these huge problems because of AI and like, like, like drone warfare, like, like before you had to have a weapon yourself and then you had to detonate the weapon and kill someone else. Right. In like the history of warfare, for example, and now you can actually like pro like have something pre-programmed that can make decisions. You're not making the decisions And it can be like a, you know, like drone, like drone or whatever, and it can make the decisions and you're not even saying, oh, kill this guy on this battlefield or like bomb this hospital. It's like, it's going to make those just like, you can like, let it go and make those decisions on its own. When you're seeing over the decision-making power to non-humans, meaning robot or meaning a computer program, that's, I think, evil so that's nefarious and that's evil so the automate automation of everything i'm against the automation of all these like you know crafts and um the the automation of all these
0: occupations
1: I, occupations and then <clears throat> the automation of these decisions like right. when you think about it you know i just know was reading different things you know like the free will versus determinism debate in philosophy right so like what is freedom like freedom hinges on decision making basically like all like when you really boil it down it's like sartre jean paul sartre was a famous uh french existentialist philosopher and he said man is condemned to be free why is man condemned to be free because he is radically free because he is basically like nothing else really makes decisions for him. He's actually completely free to make every decision and every, de- and we're, and no, and, and if you like say, oh no, I, I didn't make this decision, someone else did, that's called bad faith when you blame it on someone else. Mm-hmm. So you're responsible for everything that happens to you and like the consequences of, you know, your actions. Mm-hmm. And so, like, how I perceive this and how I, you know, respond to life or, do I make myself miserable or can I do I have the capacity to make myself happy versus miserable? Whatever. And like I don't necessarily believe like agree with him a hundred percent on this, like his is the most extreme, the man is condemned to be free. Like radically free so it's like it's like it's like a double-edged sword like we can we have we have human freedom to make decisions but then at the same time that's like a terrifying thing because there's like infinite possibilities and that's the-
0: so interesting don juan talks about that specifically that he said the hardest day of the sorcerer's life is when the sorcerer frees him or herself from the foreign installation the foreign software because at that point Then you realize that you have this complete and total freedom, and that you have to make decisions for yourself about every single like moment of your life, and that how that can be like actually quite overwhelming if you're not prepared for it.
1: Yeah, so that's what he says. But now, so then, okay, so then if you say, okay, so then the existentialist that you know, Sartre and like you know, philosophers said like, what defines human freedom or your ability to be free is decision making. Now we go back to the transhumanist stuff and we go back to automating it. We are seeding the one thing that defines our freedom, what our freedom hinges on decision-making to a machine.
0: Yes. Yeah. So yeah.
1: that is that literally giving away your freedom, right?
2: Absolutely.
1: Like, like messing with freedom right now. Um, yeah. And, and CBDC does that. And yeah. Um, and like, obviously, there are things that are automated right now. And like, it's like not like everything is like this radically free, but like the example I gave, there's a quant, there's a qualitative difference between having a gun and shooting someone on a battlefield versus being able to just say, go kill people that I believe, like, here you go, drone. <laughs> yeah. Like, I- trust in your decision making you know Uh, not 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 kill civilians or to try to kill the least amount of civilians and here you go i pre-programmed you you know what to do right like there's a qualitative difference between those two things so like uh, this is the this is the direction that i don't like that we're going in like i i don't know just the more the more that I see, the more I just like want an alternative community because a lot of people like you and I, and a lot of people that are listeners are questioning it, but a lot of people are still so plugged in and aren't questioning it and are just like in the mass formation. Like a lot of people in like my community, I feel like in like, just like surrounding are still like wearing the masks and like listening to everything. And like, if there was another vaccine right away for bird food, they'd take it like right away. Or yeah. if, Like, oh, I'm scared of our speed. They're taking it right away. And, like, people aren't questioning, like, I don't know. And just, like, it makes... Basically, all of this just makes me want to, like, live as self-sufficiently as possible off the grid, not be reliant on modern medicine, honestly. Because, like, a lot of times, like, the doctors are being manipulated.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Like, also wanting to grow one's own food, because the thing is that scares me is this whole idea that Gates said this on, like we have clips of this, that he wants to mass vaccinate with the COVID vaccine, all of these livestock. So then how do I not know in the future that like the potatoes I'm eating from this, like, you know, restaurant aren't yeah. Jam- gross and how do I know that even like the burger I'm eating is like real meat how do I know it's not artificial meat and then how do I not know that all of the livestock that I'm consuming from the store or a restaurant has not just been like pumped full of all of these like um these vaccines and like that like I really like we um my partner and I bought like and I know you don't really eat eat uh, a lot of meat and stuff but like I like the only thing my body really craves, honestly, is grass fed beef, which is like really weird. But like we bought a quarter cow of grass fed meat last fall and put it in our freezer. And we just have a meat freezer. And it's just a grass fed free range cow that yes, it was killed so that we would eat it. But like, I know it's from a local farm, and I know where it came from. And I know that it probably wasn't pumped with any of these like vaccines and we bought a quarter of it which is actually a ton of food it was like oh it cost over a thousand dollars like oh wow and it's like a quarter cow is like a ton like it's a whole freezer just full of this meat but like Uh, we're just like okay if anything goes weird we actually have this like
0: that's awesome
1: or but like it's just messed up that you have to like think these things through and that if you're just like living your normal life and you're not questioning these things and you could just be inadvertently eating all this like shit it just sucks that like everything is just countered to nature. Like you said, like yeah. it's just, you go to like get ketchup and it's just like high fructose corn syrup from like GMO tomatoes. It's like yeah. what the GMO from tomatoes? the
0: skull and bones Heinz family. Dr. Sylvie. I got to run. Unfortunately, do you okay. want to do you want to keep going? Do you want to talk? Uh, finish out the act session? Um,
1: I, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of my like voice is getting a little tired. So we, okay. can, we can wrap up
0: now. All right, cool. Let's uh, let's do a couple ohms. to to finish things off in a centered, balanced way. And uh, much love to all our listeners out there. We really appreciate you guys. We just share the channel, spread the word about the Barbarian Yak Fest. We really do appreciate tips. And our goal for 2023 is to live stream. So I have not given up on that goal. It's March, but we are gonna be live streaming soon. And um, the channel is really gonna take off. So strap in and uh, for all of our day ones, we love you guys. And let's do a couple ohms and get out of here.
2: All right. Oh. Once hurt name, I'm gonna turn the hand And love again and This time I make it cause my love won't be.